six decades on, mystery still shrouds the assassination of John F. Kennedy on November 23, 1963. One of the most intriguing, largely untold stories is of Father Oscar Huber. He was the priest who performed last rites for the slain president. And he was one of a handful of people, just a handful, to see JFK after the fatal bullet wound to his head. Now, at the time, the Secret Service warned Father Huber not to breathe a word about what he'd seen, but did he follow their orders? His cousin, historian Patrick Huber, writes about the mystery in his book. It's called He's Dead All Right. There were throngs lining the sidewalk, and so he had to stand in the back, and he was a short man. He was only about 5'5". So he had to stand on tippy-toe in order to see over the heads of some of the spectators in front of him. But as the motorcade passed, he thought that President Kennedy, the first Roman Catholic president of the United States, that he recognized his Roman collar because Father Heber was dressed in his clerical garb and that uh, he had seen that and had smiled. For him, Father Huber thought it was a thrilling moment to see a president of the United States. He returns to the rectory at the Holy Trinity Catholic Church and is eating lunch, and his assistant pastor, Father James Thompson, bursts into the room and lets him know, I guess Father Thompson had seen it on television, a report that Kennedy had been shot and was being rushed to Parkland Memorial Hospital, which was within the diocese that uh, he and Father Huber both serviced, and they would regularly attend to the spiritual needs of patients at Holy Trinity. So without even being summoned by the hospital, they immediately left for the hospital, and he had, of course, his uh, kit for him to be able to perform last rites for the president. So what does he find on his arrival at Parkland Memorial Hospital? Essentially bedlam. It's chaos because the Secret Service has arrived. They've brought Kennedy in. There are reporters, some of whom managed to get in before the Secret Service and the police establish a cordon around the hospital itself. It's absolute chaos within the uh, hallways of Parkland Memorial Hospital. But a couple of policemen, as I recall, usher Father Huber into the hospital. And from there, the Secret Service take him into uh, what was called, I believe, trauma room number one. And there he finds on the gurney the president. And as I recall from Father Huber's recollections, the sheet was covering his face. Mm. He then went on to perform this sacrament known as the last rites that involves a series of prayers and the anointing with holy oils on the forehead of the president. And he pulled the sheet down to about the president's nose or so that he, so he could anoint his forehead and said these prayers, which were in Latin, yeah. So he did actually touch the president's forehead. Yes. He would have anointed him, done a sign of the cross with oil. And then when that was finished, he would have said prayers that Catholics would recognize today, like our fathers and Hail Marys. And at that point, 
Mrs. Kennedy, the First Lady Jackie Kennedy, who was in the room all this time, she participated in the prayers and responses to the prayers. And all the accounts would suggest that Father Huber was of great comfort to Mrs. Kennedy. There's been some discussion as to whether the president was in fact dead, clinically dead at the time, or, you know, whether the soul was still in the body. In fact, I think your cousin gave an interview in which he discussed whether he thought the president's soul was still present in his body. Yes. At the time, there was concern that Roman Catholicism as a faith to most Americans was quite alien and many Protestants didn't understand. And the whole question of whether President Kennedy was dead at that point or not came up at the time. And Father Huber did give um, a couple of interviews talking about this, and he gave what was called conditional last rites. And those were given, as I understand, to those individuals who were not conscious and who it is unclear whether they have passed or not. Father Huber believed that President Kennedy was still alive. So he said it was a valid ceremony. Yes, he did. That the soul had not left the body. These kind of theological questions that um, were of interest to newspaper reporters, some newspaper reporters at the time. Now, as I said, even though this uh, brought great comfort to the Kennedy family, your cousin was involved in something of a controversy afterwards. Um, What was the nature of that controversy? After he has finished performing the ritual of last rites, he walks outside. He's followed by the First Lady. First Lady thanks him for his service to the president and asks him to pray for the president. And Father Huber assures her that he will and have his parishioners do likewise. As he's walking away, a Secret Service agent confronts him and tells him, you don't know anything, is the way that Father Huber phrased it, or as he recalled it. By that, Father Huber understood or thought that he was meant to understand that he is not to say anything about what he saw in the emergency room. That is essentially that the president was, if not dead already, would be dead soon. But does he say anything? That's the great question, because the Secret Service wants to control the messaging here. The White House wants to control the messaging here. In the hospital at the same time as Vice President Lyndon Johnson and the Secret Service is concerned that this might be a larger conspiracy to decapitate the uh, United States executive branch, that there might be an assassination attempt also on Vice President Johnson. And so what the Secret Service wants to do is to delay the announcement that President Kennedy has died until they get Vice President Johnson aboard Air Force One safely en route to Washington, D.C., the time of death on the death certificate was affixed arbitrarily at, I think it was about 1 p.m. Mm. Central Standard Time. Mm. But the announcement by the White House that the president has passed isn't made by a White House press secretary in Dallas until 1.32 p.m. So what was the actual controversy that swept up your cousin? 
They waited around a little bit in the hospital and then they exit the hospital and they are indeed swarmed by reporters who, you know, badger them with questions about the condition of the president. And according to one of the reporters, a, a very well-respected reporter, Hugh Saidi, Time Magazine's White House correspondent, asked Father Huber, what's the president's condition? Is he dead? And according to Hugh Saidi, one of the priests later identified as Father Huber says, and this is Hugh Saidi's quote, he's dead, all right. And this then becomes the source of the news leak. And so the White House announces that the president has died at 132 officially. That's their announcement comes out. But just a minute before that, Walter Cronkite and other media break the story that President Kennedy has died. And their source for that is, they claim, Father Oscar Huber. And it comes via this Hugh Saidi comment. The UPI flashes across the world that 1.31 p.m. Central Standard Time that the President Kennedy has died just right before the news actually is officially delivered by the White House. Yeah. What was the uh, response um, uh, as far as Father Huber was concerned? How did he deal with the controversy? He got caught up in this huge historical event. And for him, it took several days and weeks to process how he was swept up in this event. He did say masses for the slain president, and he gave interviews. You know, this was his uh, proverbial 15 minutes of fame. He wrote an account for uh, a national Catholic magazine about the service that he had performed. He would have let the matter rest. But in 1967, William Manchester wrote the book called The Death of a President which dredged up that claim that Father Huber had broken this story, had told the press, leaked it before the official White House announcement. And this greatly troubled Father Huber. It made him seem like he had broken the trust that the Secret Service had placed in him. And as a Catholic priest who hears confessions, integrity and your discretion are incredibly important to your parishioners to hear parishioners sins and then keep those in confidence that troubled him as well and you know he was also 70 years old at the time that he performed the last rites for president kennedy and so he saw this obviously as kind of his legacy and he did not want to go down in history as the priest who was responsible for this news leak even if that news leak was sort of larger in his mind than it was in the minds or concerns of most Americans. And so he made it a mission to correct what he saw as the historical record. Mm. He had been interviewed by William Manchester and told him his story. Mm. And yet William Manchester claims in his book that Father Huber was the source of the news leak. 
He certainly wasn't out there deliberately leaking, as we understand it, seeking out a journalist to leak this information. But is there any doubt in your mind that he actually did let this slip just in answer to a, a question that he thought was an innocent question? I cannot deny that it could have possibly happened. You can imagine yourself in this moment and just being overwhelmed and flooded with these kinds of emotions, um, having performed this service for the President of the United States and, and still trying to process that 10, 15 minutes after it has occurred and blurting something out, being essentially in shock. It's entirely possible that he could have done that. And I think the fact that the person who claimed that he said this to Hugh Seide was such a well-respected journalist makes Hugh Seide's claims more credible. Mm. But Father Hubert denied it till his dying day. Mm. And he also writes Hugh Seide and challenges his version of the story. And the two exchange what is... Uh, an interesting set of, of letters between one another, yeah, which you've seen, I, I assume. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which, yeah. Uh -huh. And what does it? What does that exchange of letters involve? Father Huber challenges Hugh Sidey's story and tells him that he did not tell him he's dead. All right, you know that sort of flippant response. Hugh Sidey comes back and his letter and says, you know, that's the way I remember it. And they exchange several more letters and ultimately. Father Huber doesn't re receive any satisfaction. I think uh, Hugh Seide says they're going to have to agree to disagree. But they sort of come away from this exchange, it seems, with a great deal of respect for mm -hmm. the other, even if they violently disagree with what the other claim is. Yeah. Let me take you back to uh, the time when Father Huber is in the uh, trauma room performing the last rites. As you say, he touched the president's forehead. He would have been one of a tiny handful of people to have seen the president on his deathbed. And it raises this question, did he ever have any doubt as to the official story, because he would have seen where the bullet wound entered the president's head. Did he have any doubt as to the official story that the president was killed by a bullet from behind? I don't know if he ever weighed in on that whole controversy about the um, that aspect of the assassination, not to my knowledge. But was he uh, under pressure, not simply not to mention his role performing the last rites, but was he under pressure? Because that was a fairly heavy-handed warning that he got from the Secret Service, not to speak about anything that he'd seen. Uh, that was the issue about not telling anyone that the president, if he was not already dead, that he was close to death. It wasn't part, to the best of your knowledge, you know, because conspiracy still swirls to this day, as you know, Patrick, because the official record is still not completely transparent. I'm just wondering if Father Huber thought that he was being warned uh, not to say anything about the condition of the president's body, anything that he observed. I think that that was all part and parcel of what this warning was, but I think that he took it as a, a warning from the Secret Service that the White House wanted to control the messaging here. Hmm. Did you ever meet Father Huber? I know he's a cousin, but uh, he's a generation older than you. 
I did. I have um, a couple of recollections of visiting him uh, once when he was stationed after Dallas, when he was stationed in St. Louis. I also saw him at a couple of family reunions as well. He died in 1975, and I was seven or eight years old when I saw him and, and uh, didn't have much interest in the story until a decade or so later, well after he had passed. So I didn't get an opportunity to talk with him about these sorts of things, but it was largely through my father that these stories came down to me. And, you know, as a historian, I became interested, especially in this controversy and seeing if I could establish one way or the other if he had actually said this and you know it became a, a really a fascinating story that you don't hear much about that's associated with the kennedy assassination which of course there are so many controversies that swirl around it mm-hmm. well your book he's dead all right which uses that uh, reputed phrase is a serious contribution to this have other conspiracy theorists, and I'm talking about those with some level of credibility, serious writers who've investigated the Kennedy assassination and the theories behind it, have they attempted to draw Father Huber's story into their broader narrative? He is mentioned in a great number of books about the Kennedy assassination, and especially ones that are devoted to the news coverage in in the past decade or so. There have been several books that have been written about how the press handled the Kennedy assassination because it was such an important inflection point for American media in dealing with uh, an issue like this that was fast developing. So he's mentioned, you know, there are controversies, other controversies that kind of swirl around his account. For one, that he did not see the kind of exit wound that you would have expected, I think, that you were talking about earlier. On the president's head, there have been controversies that are related to this recent development that I don't know if you have seen it, but from QAnon that President Kennedy was not actually killed in Dallas and that he is still alive and that he is going to return at some point to the presidency. Right. So given your cousin's place in history, how has he appeared in various popular culture? Because um, he would be a very hard figure to resist given his history-making role. His name appears at the beginning of Oliver Stone's JFK. Um, It comes across, I think, at TV when Jim Garrison is maybe in a New Orleans bar. And I think his name, though, is mispronounced Hubert with a T, Father Hubert. And he is in, is it Tom Hanks, who did the Parkland film, where Father Hubert is played by Jackie Earl Haley. Uh, Right. It's been absolutely fascinating to speak with you. Dr. Patrick Huber, he's a leading cultural historian of the United States, particularly of the South, which was where the President Kennedy was assassinated. His book that we've been discussing is called He's Dead All Right, Father Oscar L. Huber, The Kennedy Assassination and the News Leak Controversy. And it concerned his cousin who gave last rites to President Kennedy. Patrick, thanks for being on the program. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines 
on the ABC Listen app.